the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I don't know what's happening for the former first lady. Is this a funeral or a departure ceremony? I've heard the the phrase departure ceremony, which I think is different from a funeral. What the hell is it? Uh, it's, it's all the big networks right now. It's all about, uh, Rosalind Carter dead at the age of like what? 96 or so. Uh, all right, let's have a moment of silence. All right. So what else is going on? No, I mean, I'm sorry. She's 96. Great long life. She got to live in the white house, married to Jimmy. Uh, it's not her fault that he was a terrible president, totally failed in every way. Um, you know, what do you say? I, I just want to know what the hell a departure ceremony is. It's pretty wild. You know, every now and then you got these uh, Republican uh, pundits and historians coming on. You know what they've done? They've rehabilitated Jimmy Carter because he's not Trump and he hates Trump. Yeah, Jimmy Carter became a Trump hater. And uh, that's the quickest way to rehabilitation. Um, and often for, um, well, money and fame, a measure of it at least. Uh, you know, just ask Dick Cheney. And Dick Cheney, Cheney, that name was mud after the Iraq War. Just three years ago, they made a movie about how corrupt and vile the Cheney family was. It's called uh, Vice, actually. Vice. For Vice President, you know, get it? Vice President, Vice Vices, Greed. Um, it was all about that stuff. Christian Bale played Vice President Cheney and played him like a villain. Uh, well, Liz Cheney came out so hard against Trump and the phony impeachment committee and the January 6th stuff. That she is now like celebrated by the swamp, celebrated by the left even. They love her. And, uh, how she used Trump, just like George W. Bush. His name should be mud, quite frankly, after the Iraq war debacle. Oops, no weapons of mass destruction. How in the hell did that guy get reelected? Well, he fooled a lot of us and he, he, he was sophisticated in a way. He used patriotism as a, as a weapon, you know? Uh, you can't, uh, you can't abandon the troops, that kind of thing, right? We'll never abandon the troops. That has nothing to do with you. Okay, W. And what did W do? How did he get over that stuff? Why is W, you know, when he sits on the Today Show, where his daughter works, by the way, hey, how's that for nepotism? Right? Isn't that a little bit over the top? Right? It is. George W. Bush's daughter, Jenna, works at the Today Show. And I know what you're thinking. What about you, Greg? Your dad is an important person. Yeah, well, uh, you know, my first job wasn't today, the Today Show. My first job wasn't WABC. My first job wasn't uh, Fox News, where I worked for nine years. Um, I started the old-fashioned. Well, first I had to go into the Marine Corps, all right? No picnic. And then what did I do? I applied to TV stations all across the country. First I interned at a little tiny, tiny, tiny station, in Yuma, Arizona, hung around the TV station for a while, uh, realized real quick, I wanted to be a reporter. I did not want to be an intern. <laughs> I just didn't know what to do with myself. You know, interns are a pain in the neck. You can't really trust them with anything. You can't give them any real responsibility, but you're supposed to give them something to do. And it's just a very awkward arrangement in my book. And after what Bill Clinton did, well, yeah, yeah, and internships too often. You know who gets the internships? The sons and daughters of the of the connected, the rich and the powerful. Now there are some great interns out there, uh, but 
my advice to any kid, any high schooler or any college kid, get a job. Get a regular job in the summer, right? I had a bunch of jobs. I delivered newspapers. I sharpened skis at the at the ski shop, sharpened and waxed skis. I was a janitor. I swept the floors. I worked in a bank. And what did I do at that bank? I swept the floors. One day I was promoted. You know what I did? I shredded old mortgages. Old mortgages that were all paid off. What do you do with them? You got to shred them. You got to destroy them. All day long I was shredding mortgages. All those jobs, you think I would have been better at saving money. <laughs> I just ate the money. I just, <laughs> I got spending money. Um, so, uh, where was I going with that? The interns and, oh yeah, back to me. Um, I got a job, I sent resumes all over the country. And finally, finally, after months of trying, uh, News Channel 34, WIVT in Binghamton, New York, called me back. I went up there, had an interview, had another interview, and I got hired as the morning newsman. And it was a great experience. I was the morning anchor right out of the bat. Nah, how about that? Is that the nepotism? No. Uh, my co-anchor was a college sophomore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was not a big TV station. There's Jenna Bush starting right out of the gate on the Today Show. Anyway, I don't like that. I don't think that's good for Jenna. I don't think it's good for the viewers. All she knows how to do right now is agree with everything that Hoda says and pretend that she's not a conservative, pretend that she didn't grow up where pro-life, uh, a pro-life agenda was kind of the official agenda, right? And no, she's, she's pro-everything that's not conservative, pro-this, pro-that. And somehow she's the new Oprah when it comes to books. Yeah, she, you, you get to go on the Today Show. That's how you sell books. Everything else is too small to move a book. So she is now the big person who, like Oprah used to do. I didn't get on the Today Show to talk about my book. Then again, I was deeply critical of George W. Bush, the Iraq War, uh, and a lot of other crazy, woke things that are happening in America right now, including the mainstream media. So I wasn't expecting an invitation. But anyway, they used to like diversity of thought. Now, no, can have no, 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 no. There's one way to look at things. So George W. Bush trashed MAGA. Remember that? He trashed MAGA. And that's how he got rehabilitated. That's why he's uh, he's welcomed. Uh, hey, the big news this morning. Uh, let's see here. Charles Koch, rich guy from Oklahoma, is endorsing uh, Nikki Haley and using all of the money he can muster, which is a lot. Guy is a multi, multi, multi-billionaire. I guess he's even richer after his brother David died. It used to be the Koch brothers. Now it's just the Koch, Charles Koch. And um, he's got this massive political action committee. And uh, wait a second. What's this? What's he doing on TV? What's this? Did you know that New York has a sheriff? Cannabis board settles lawsuit, paving the way for legal dispensary, dispense, dispensaries to open. What is it? Cannabis board settles lawsuit, paving the way for legal dispensaries to open. Just had a flashback to when uh, de Blasio and Bratton were holding up that big bag of weed. You know, before we went insane, before we totally lost our minds as a country, it used to be that the police would hold up drugs. Like, this is how much we seized. Look at all these drugs and weapons that we seized. They were illegal, but now they're in police custody, so they're off the streets. It was the opposite message with Bratton, the media hog, and uh, de Blasio. The stoner. This is how much weed you can carry around legally in New York. 
legally. A big, like, perfect for a drug dealer. Perfect. I mean, just. All right, so the sheriff is somehow involved in the legalization of weed. More on that later. The other thing. Oh, yeah, the Koch brothers, Nikki Haley. And uh, what does that mean? Uh, well, the Koch brothers are really bad at picking winners. Okay, the Koch brothers um, did everything they could to stop Donald Trump in 2016, and they failed. And they did everything they could to stop Trump in 2020. Oh, they were successful. Well, that's if you believe the results. If you think that election was totally on the up and up, it wasn't totally on the up and up. There's no evidence of widespread fraud. It doesn't take widespread fraud. It doesn't take widespread fraud. Um What's the other thing? Oh, who watched the parade? Who watched the Thanksgiving Day parade? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Yikes. Hold on. There. That's better. Um, 38 million people watched the parade. That number can't be right. 38 million people in America haven't done anything together, but they watched the parade. Huge number watched the Thanksgiving Day parade, hosted by Fake News NBC. Uh, Savannah was there. Hoda was there. And one of my favorites, Al Roker, was there. I like Al. He's apolitical. He's funny. And um, he has kind of lost his mind when it comes to the clothes. Have you noticed that? I saw him I saw him today. He was wearing a three-piece suit and a pocket watch with a little chain. He looked like a railroad conductor from 1890. It was crazy. Too much. Too many, too many uh, accessories. It's like Coco Chanel once said, when it comes to accessories, take the last one off. Too much, too much. So the other day, and I like, but I do like Al. I've seen him a couple of times. Uh, funny, real, great interviewer, and he's a very good broadcaster. The clothes, too much. Um, I thought he would lose his mojo when he lost all that weight. That didn't happen. But he was wearing a velvet, maroon velvet suit. That's what it looked like to me, maroon velvet. And his big thing is, one of his big things is interviewing the president during a parade. He did it during the inaugural. He kind of made it famous. He did it in a really clever, interesting way. And um, so he did it with uh, Joe Biden over the weekend and on Thanksgiving Day. And I noticed uh, Joe was just on the phone along with Jill and um, saying the normal Joe Biden stuff, meaningless. Um, and. The thing that struck me, though, right behind him. So they got a picture of of Joe Biden and they got Al with his microphone. And in the middle, there's a little space. And you know what's behind him? A church. And you know what's right there in the middle of the church? A great big giant LGBT queer flag, a gay pride flag right there in front of the church. And I've been looking it up. I've been poking around. Thirty eight million people watching. Nobody noticed. Or if they noticed, they didn't care. That's the new normal, right? Of course, LGBTQ, LGBT queer, as I like to say. It's the, that's going to become our national flag pretty soon. Because, you know, the stars and stripes and the the red represents blood, apparently. And, you know, it's all colonial. It's all slavery driven and all that stuff, right? The flag is racist. You know that. So we have to get a flag that's more inclusive. And it's probably going to wind up being the LGBT queer flag. Um. I don't like the LGBT queer flag. Uh, I used to not have a problem with it. Now I have a big problem with it because it's been jammed down our faces like propaganda. Uh, it's it's too much. And now you're obviously trying to get at our children and orient them in a certain way. 
And that's a threat. That's a threat to families. But to see a church, a Christian church, give in and put that garbage on the front door. I mean, it's garbage now. There was one point. Yeah. Hey, what, what, what does it matter to me? What does it matter to me? It doesn't, and it doesn't really matter to me, but I don't know. Uh, I, I, I used to like back in the day, girls gone wild. Ever see the girls gone wild videos? They used to advertise on TV. They get those college girls to do all kinds of crazy things. Why don't we put the girls gone wild? I, I like that. Why don't we put that up there? Hey, I used to like to gamble. Lots of Americans like to gamble. They go to, they go to, what do they call it? Sin City, Las Vegas, Sin City. Hey, we really got a great culture going. We got a city built around sin. A distance between you and God. Is that good? No, that's a culture in decline. That is a culture rapidly in decline. Decline, in collapse. Anyway, I don't think that's a good message. And I'm surprised, but we have been so, it's been so normalized. And we've been so desensitized. They've been very clever about how they did it, though. Very clever and sneaky. You know how they did it, right? They did it through some of the most affable and fun people around. People like Al Roker, unwitting. He's unwitting in all of this. Al Roker and much more than that. One of their, oh, they are evil. They are evil. And uh, nothing against my LGBTQ friends, although I don't like to call them LGBTQ friends. Because there's so much more to a person than uh, what's going on down there. Don't you think? Obviously. But I'll tell you who the co-conspirators are in this thing when I come back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, Pablo Guzman died. Pablo Guzman. Remember him, the reporter? He was all over the place. Uh, Channel 2 was his most recent assignment. He was at Channel 5. He was um, all over the place. He was in local radio for a time. Pablo Guzman, uh, he was with the Young Lords, a Puerto Rican activist group, right? I first became acquainted with Pablo. In the mid-1980s, he was one of the guys who showed up at the 106 Precinct to interview my father, the stun gun scandal. I'll have more to say about Pablo, great guy, dead at the age of 73. Um, he had some really interesting reporting post-9-11 about the celebrations that were going down in Jersey City. More about Pablo in a little bit. And actually, I'm reminded that, uh, you know, Rochelle Boone, uh, Rochelle Boone of uh, New York One died of pancreatic cancer. She was in her uh, late 40s, I believe, with a child. Um, Catherine Craig died a couple of years ago. Local reporter, Channel uh, 4, um, died. Um, I'm not sure what the causes were, but late 40s, children, working the early morning shift at a local news station, just like uh, Rochelle. Lisa Calagrassi, Channel 7, late 40s, children, died. These are all local reporters, and uh, forgive me, the Channel 2 weather person who recently died, uh, dies, let's see here, 
Shout out to uh, Elise Finch. She was 51, or late 40s, early 50s. That's four, four in a very short period of time, you know, two and a half years. You know what that means? Um, <laughs> that means that working morning news in New York local television is one of the most dangerous jobs in the world, actually. If you look at the number of people who actually do that job, this, these four fatalities, the death rate among morning news people, this is one of the, this is like more dangerous than being a war correspondent in Gaza right now. It's insane. It's insane. And I'm the only one who connected the dots on this one. I've been jumping up and down about this for a couple of years. I guess I haven't been jumping high enough or loud enough, but something has to be done. And these women, especially women, you know, they, they pay a bigger price than men. They don't have to be on TV. They could find another job. Well, actually, they can't. This is what they do. Um, and the older you get, the more expendable you get. It's interesting. Catherine Craig, great reporter. The older she got, the better she got. You know, with experience comes, you, you improve. Well, generally, you get a little bit more money, and then you get too expensive, and then they want to get rid of you, and then they say, well, take it or leave it. We'll, we'll get somebody cheaper, so... Are you sure you can't come in at one thirty tomorrow morning? And they just keep going and going and going. All these women, I believe, had children. And, you know, I see it with my wife. My goodness gracious. The, you know, she doesn't work the graveyard shift, but she's got enough on her plate with the two kids, and uh, she does a hell of a lot more of it than I do. Uh, I think that it's, a de- it's almost a death sentence working that morning show, working that morning show and having all these other responsibilities especially if you're a reporter. Now, Rosanna Scotto, my my bestie, you know, she's an anchor and she was a great reporter and uh, still has the chops. But I do think there's like more security and permanence. You know, you're not running all over the city, that kind of thing. That job has its own stresses. I did it for a long time. Uh, but I think the people in the street, especially if they're women, can you imagine that? Four, four. All right, when I come back, I got to go into the detail about... Uh, the celebrities who are pulling the wool over our eyes, trying to take this country off a liberal cliff. And then I'll deal with uh, James Flippin, who has something to say about my ma- my thoughts on gay stuff. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And uh, on this most American of holidays, Al we have very special guest about to join us by phone. Right now, we have the President of the United States, Joe Biden, and the First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Happy Thanksgiving, Al. It wouldn't be Thanksgiving without you. Boom! Oh, thank you. And, of course, uh, who's yelling? happy birthday, Mr. President. All right, well. stop. <clears throat> My point is, <clears throat> not excuse me, not that Al Roker interviewed uh, president Biden, I think that's kind of appropriate on a Thanksgiving Day Parade. Unfortunately, we don't have much of a president. We don't have much of a leader. Um, but the weird thing about that interview was um, the gay pride flag in the background, the LGBT queer or questioning flag hanging in the background on a church. And uh, that's not right. It's absolutely wrong for a lot of reasons. And um, I went through some of them a moment ago. One of the things I point out is, look, (laughs) number one, it starts to feel exclusionary, right? If you're not LGBT queer or questioning, maybe you're not welcome here. There's that. There's also, what the hell are you guys going to talk about in there? (laughs) What's going to go down in there? 
I mean, there are other issues right now other than LGBT queer or questioning. And, oh, by the way, I might be into, uh, well, you name it, gambling, girls gone wild. Uh, I can't, I can't do that in church. I can't bring that to church. Actually, I would like to have those things not in my life. Um, but let's say it was a couple of years ago and I was still an active, uh, viewer and subscriber to the Girls Gone Wild Network. <clears throat> Excuse me. Should the flag be outside? And James Flippin, <clears throat> you and I, have very mature conversations about a lot of things. James, you happen to be uh, gay and married to a man and all that stuff, and that's uh, you and I are good friends and professional colleagues, and uh, we get along just great, and we're kind of upfront about everything. And I appreciate you uh, running down the office, running down the hall, jumping in here and getting all over my case about what I said. Thought we were a little bit over the top, a little bit aggressive. I no. did open the door with a little bit of aggression. I no, have to say. did you really? No, I'm just teasing. No, I, I thought you had along. a smile on your face. I'm playing along. All right, so tell me what's on your mind. Okay, so I mean, I just think that it's kind of interesting that in essence you would say my loving relationship is on par with Girls Gone Wild videos or gambling. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and when we it's talk not about necessarily it, what I say. Now, look. I'm just saying, I can't be everything I want to be in life. Mm -hmm. I have urges, I have temptations, and I have to put them to the side. Now, I understand what you're saying. You're saying that my complaint, I'm representing like your loving relationship is a vice, right? right? Yeah. Well, I don't have an easy answer for that. I can actually jump in if you'd be so kind as to allow me to just sort of share my thoughts on the subject. Because I had a conversation with a radio host one time that I was working with years ago. And, you know, he was really focused a lot on the concept of, um, he was a, a Christian, and he talked a lot about sin on this one show that he was doing. And he was getting into the concept of same-sex marriage more or less being sinful. And I kind of probed his thoughts on it a little bit, and I said, okay, but... If you think about when the Bible was written and the perspective of it, it's coming from a time when there was no such thing as an open relationship, uh, a family being built between two same-sex couples. In essence, it would have been nothing but illicit behavior, potentially sex outside of the marriage, potentially um, unattached and sort of hedonistic sex which I think most people would agree within the concept of a society is sinful and unproductive and not going to raise children and grow families well, and all that kind thing. of stuff. That's the thing, actually. Look, you, you raise a good point, sex outside of marriage. Is that considered uh, sinful by the society? No, it's actively encouraged. It's act, act, actively accepted. And I'm here to tell you firsthand, it ain't good. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately damaging. It's right. ultimately you know, it, it, it momentary gratification or whatever, you know, and and then you, you you're you're doing harm. Right, I, I do believe that, and I'm saying that I'm not a I'm not I'm not, I'm not a hypocrite here, folks. I have done a lot of stuff and temptations galore and all that stuff, but you know, because I have a better relationship with God than I used to, I don't want to do those things mm-hmm. because number one, I do believe they're ultimately damaging to me and. There are better things to do. So I asked the host, I said, you know, in essence, if gay people couldn't get married and really couldn't grow a family or live with each other under the same roof and, you know, grow alongside each other, aren't you more or less banishing people, 
of a certain sexual orientation to nothing but sin. Well, here's the thing. Um, when I open the Bible, I do feel a bit like a child. All right. My understanding. I'm like a kid when it comes to God. You know what I mean? It's I can't get my head around everything. I can't. I try, but, you know, and I won't be able to as a no, human being. Right. Um, so there's that. Now, with that in mind, <laughs> there's a lot of things in the Bible. There's a lot of stuff in there, right? I remember in The Simpsons, uh, uh, Lisa quotes quotes the Bible, and it's a Halloween episode, and they think she's a witch, and she's trying to tell Chief Wiggum, but doesn't the doesn't the Bible say, you know, don't judge lest ye be judged? And Wiggum's like, man, the Bible says a lot of things. Shove her, boys. <laughs> they, yeah. they shove her off the cliff. Right. I'm just saying, when you tackle the Bible, there's look, there's discussions about eunuchs and people being born eunuchs and this kind of thing. It's not glaring about, look, let me put it to you this way. There's so much good stuff. And here we are focusing on that one narrow point. And the whole culture gets hung up on this one narrow point. And people on my side, I'm talking about conservatives, they get their back up against the wall about the war on Christmas and all this other stuff and how our faith is being slighted, you know, both real and perceived. But when we're not at war, when we're not when we're not defending the faith, we're not promoting it. Yeah, we're not sharing it. We're not sharing the good news. We're not sharing that this book and God and Jesus are the key to everything. And once you figure that out, everything is better. And by the way, you will still screw up because you're a human being. You got all this stuff, but you'll screw up less. You'll want to screw up less. So all that being said. You do me a favor, defend for me, tell me why there should be a gay pride flag. Let's put aside your loving relationship, a flag in front of the church. It has nothing to do with God. I think this is where we start to have some more common ground again, because you made a really interesting point. You said there's so much in the Bible. There's so much to the Christian faith. Why would it be one specific, you know, particular issue surrounding someone's sexuality or whatever that would get celebrated or recognized or put outside of a house of worship. It's a little bit weird. And I think I would agree with you on that in the sense that it's not really necessary. I remember when my father was the president of our local church out in New Jersey, and they were talking about this whole open and affirming idea. And should we have a sign that says we're open and affirming, which is basically saying, oh, even if you're gay, you know, you're welcome here. And my thought was, well, isn't it inherent? That if you're a Christian, anybody's welcome. You know, nobody's perfect. Everybody's broken yeah, you in some way. You do, and you don't have to. <laughs> like and, if you're a gambler, if you like to watch yeah. Girls Gone Wild, it doesn't matter. Totally. Totally. You are welcome. We're all broken. Jesus sat down with the prostitutes and the gamblers and the tax collectors and all those people, right? Um, but celebrating those things is problematic at a church. And I get your point, and that's where I awkwardly come back to my point. Well, you got to look at it in the Bible, and this is what it, I think it says, but you can work that, you, you know. And I do think that certain principles are timeless. And, you know, well, let's, I mean, if you really want to talk about it, but then it gets a little bit out of hand. I mean, I mean, why are uh, gay people, quite frankly, for the most part, not plenty of exceptions, but the arts dominated by gay people, right? Mm-hmm. Possibly. This is a gift. Because you are, 
for a long time, you didn't have to get married. You didn't have to go to war. You didn't have to do all the stuff that, uh, you know, consumes heterosexual men. And um, you guys had the time and the bandwidth to create this amazing artwork. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Create this amazing music. Right. You know, when I have downtime, I'm holding a kid. (laughs) And we're going to the zoo. I've been to the zoo. It's not for me. It's for that. Right. You got deployed. Liberace was banging away at the piano. Well, he's banging away at a lot of, uh, yeah, of course, banging away at that piano. Um, Liberace. I can't believe that there was actually a mystery about Liberace. All right. So the bottom line is this. James Flippin, you and I agree that there should be no LGBT queer flag in front of a church. I do agree with you on that. All right. So I win the argument. Although I just want to say that the whole point is to say, even if you weren't welcome in the past in certain parishes, you are welcome here. That's sort of the whole point of it. I don't think it's necessary. I don't know if they ever said you were not welcome here. I don't know if they ever, like, if that was ever the message. I mean, certain, you know. Some churches, they would have been a little more explicit about that. Well, it depends how you come there. If you come there to prove a point, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, you're really accepting? Let me check that. Let me try that. That's fair. And you show up like RuPaul, you know, drag race, and you want to sit in the front row. And you're, like, let's face it, you're spoiling for a fight. Right. 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 And by the way, this is where I got to point out the, the disclaimer. I like RuPaul. RuPaul, the person, is really a cool right. dude. I've met him a few times. Look, it's comp- It's not complicated, but it's up to every. I, mean, I think the truth is in the Bible, and um, uh, and the Bible does say a lot of things. And the stuff on the gay people is a little bit, at times, opaque. It is. And people have argued that with me before, but... Um, Partially because I'm not reading it that closely because it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, you should see what it says about Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> <laughs> it does say, actually, about all that hedonistic stuff that you're not supposed to, you know, and it's it'll take you off the... I mean, there were two brothers, uh, two... Um, oh, gosh, was it Aaron? What was that guy's name? Anyway, he had two sons. The rabbi had two sons who were going nuts oh, with yeah. the girls. It's right there, and they lost their way, and they affected the generations, and I don't know. Every time, it's a marvelous journey, though. Well, dude, thank you very much for having a free, fair, and open conversation. Your calls when I come back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, at the Rosalind Carter First Lady of the United States from 77 and 81, married to Jimmy Carter. Her funeral, or I think they're calling it a departure ceremony, is underway right now. And it's very nice because I heard about those who were invited. And I noticed I did not, I, I heard this all day long, you know, that uh, Laura Bush is going to be there and Hillary's going to be there. I never heard anything about Melania. And I'm like, wow, is she being snubbed again? Well, there she is in the very front row, aisle seat, sitting next to Michelle Obama. Laura Bush and Hillary Clinton. Uh, I'm really glad that Melania is there. Uh, they've made her feel like an outsider in so many ways. The culture, uh, I think she's been snubbed left and right. Michelle Obama actually complained about her. Oh, how dare she bring me a gift on Inauguration Day? Excuse me? That's her problem with that? So there she is in the front row. How did I figure out that it was her? Um, well... Because uh, they're not showing her on TV all that much, but there's a wide shot. I'm like, who's that beautiful woman in the front? <laughs> and, and, uh, and, yep, it's her. It's her. It's the first time I noticed uh, her uh, when Donald Trump came down the escalator. I told you I was in the room when that happened. But Melania was like two steps in front of him. 
And all I could think of, and I didn't know it was Melania. I was like, who is that woman? I just was, I, you know, I, cause I, I just didn't know. And I didn't, I, it didn't, it wasn't obvious that they were married. She was like two steps, but anyway, she is, she's gorgeous. And uh, I'm glad that she was uh, not snubbed. All right. What's going on? Uh, let's try Larry. Hi again. Hi, hi, Greg. First, I want to say I appreciate your uh, your uh, unwavering support to Israel as a Jewish person. Uh, I couldn't help but comment on that, that conversation you had with James about girls gone wild. You see, the thing is, girls gone wild, if somebody indulges in that, that could be straightened out through marriage, okay? Because uh, the Jewish tradition says that if you, you know, if you, if you get married, you're forgiven for all your sins, including the fornication that occurred before it. But when you stray from wait a God's second, doctrine, wait a second, wait, 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 wait. If you get married, you're forgiven. I mean, I know you're forgiven for your sins if you confess and you ask God for forgiveness and all that stuff. I didn't know that marriage had anything to do with the forgiveness of sins. In the Jewish religion, yes, it says if you get married uh, for the man, I believe the woman too. But it's uh, yeah, they're both forgiven. That's right, they're both forgiven for all their previous sins. And we're not just talking about sexual sins; we're talking about all sins. That's how holy marriage. Uh, and we're talking about marriage between a man and a woman. Let's let's make that clear, okay? That's that's the, that's why um, all this girls gone wild could be straightened out. If you live with somebody or something, you could straighten that out by marrying them. You can't do that in a gay relationship, which is sinful from the beginning to the end. And there's one other thing I want to say: is he uh, if James was saying that he, uh, you're going to compare a committed relationship to girls gone wild? Well, just because you have a committed relationship doesn't make it a marriage. I mean, I had a committed relationship with my Cocker Spaniel for 13 and a half years. Had she lived till 50, right, I would have been with her every... All right, that's a little bit different. All right, that's a little bit different. Your Cocker Spaniel's not a human being. All right? All right? Come on, Larry. That's not nice, all right? You know, and we got to go in... You know, the thing about it is when we go to this issue, and let's face it, it's divisive, right? It's polarizing. And um, my fear is that all of the goodness and greatness of god is eclipsed by this conversation larry does that make sense i'm not i'm not quarreling with you on the merits of what you just said i'm not doing that right now i'm not but do you ever fear that all this stuff about you know these i'll say fringe issues or not or central these issues let's just call these issues eclipse the more the, the 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 important stuff from god in in the old testament and for me in the new I'll tell you why not, because behavior is the essence of everything. Well, your your tone uh, right there, Larry, I mean, I, I behavior is the essence of everything. Forgive me, but your tone and the way you came at this and the Cocker Spaniel reference, you're going to turn off people who might be – who have an open heart right now. It just – I know I, I know the I know the rules. I know the laws. I know that – right? But I don't know. I just feel like uh, I, I'm not arguing with you. But you're going right to the hot button issue, and um, I don't know. There's just so much else there. So I guess we disagree, although I do agree with you. I don't know. All right. Final word, that Larry. The final word is we have to love everybody for who they are and regardless of what their inclinations are, but it has to stop at inclinations. That goes for heterosexual people as well. All right. I can live with that. I can totally live. Larry, thank you very much. Um Excellent. Uh, let's try Sherman in Manhattan. He's got something to say about this. Yes, hello, Greg. Uh, you know, I think you're a brilliant person. Uh, how I think you suck today. Why? At explaining. Well, at explaining the real issue. Here's the deal. 
Mr. Flippin can't create life. Him and his lovely, probably a lovely guy, his lovely husband, they can't create life. A bomb goes off. There's nobody left. Hey, Larry, 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 hold on a second. If you think I suck at this, all right, I mean, you should see what's happening on other stations and other shit when it comes to this issue where they have gay pride flag day, gay pride month day, gay pride year, right? Anything goes over the top, right? I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being real here and I'm, I'm being my, you, you, I understand it's absolute in your book and it, yeah, it, it is absolute, but you know, Larry, the way you, you sound a little bit like Larry initially. And then I suck at this, but all right. Well, anyway, bottom line is what? Greg, can I can I speak for more than nine seconds? Well, I'm I mean, you know, wait I, a second. I, I, I sure, but you you open the conversation with you suck at this, and don't tell me. Well, I said you were brilliant, but I think that I take offense at that, and I I didn't hang up at you. It crossed my mind, but all right. So speak for more than nine seconds. I'll give you twenty seven seconds. Thank you so much, Greg. Now I don't today, sound like you say- make it sound like you're entitled that you deserve this show. I can, you know, you don't. I mean, thanks for calling, but you know, I could, I could. Hey, so don't be sarcastic, please. And now I am really, I do want to listen to you. So take it away, Sherman. That's really what it comes down to. You know, it's like you, you know, you know, it's very simple. The gentleman can't create life. Okay. And so that should be the bottom line. What? Gee. You said that in even less than nine seconds. Why'd you make a big stink about all the time you needed? Damn, just busting your chops, Sherman. All right. So tell me, what church do you go to? Not what specific. Church? What, what church? I mean, do you go to church? You go to a Baptist church? You go to why, Methodist? Why do you ask Mr. Flippin that? Like, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like you're mad at me because basically I'm calling up making well, a legitimate. Well, no, no. You called. You said I suck right off the bat. And Flippin didn't say anything about me sucking. All right? So, you know, I, I just... I don't, that's the thing. And I think Flippin did mention that he's a Catholic, I think. So Sherman, I'm trying to be nice to you. I want to end this on a good note, but we can, we don't have to end as friends. I mean, um, all right, I'll give you the final word one more time. The final word is respect everybody. And that goes to Mr. Flippin. But the bottom line is two men can't create life. Have a nice day. All right. Thank you, Sherman. And, uh, well, we agree with that. Actually, two men can't create life. And some radical nut jobs are pushing that, Sherman. Have you heard about that? They're trying to put insert a womb in men. It's totally crazy. It's totally weird in the transgender mess. Now, Sherman, you made some good points. I'll be back.